everyone. Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I am Jen, GR Mom, joined as always by GR Dad. Hi. How's it going, GR Dad? Pretty good. Excellent. Excellent. The, <laughs> <laughs> the cocktail of the week this week is the Jamaican Caucasian. <laughs> which does have okay. a fun name, but I didn't pick it just because of the name. A uh, friend of the squad sent us a whole bottle of Kill Devil Pecan Honey Rum from the Outer Banks. It is quite good. It tastes like you drank some rum and then also ate a pecan. It is, is delicious. Good. It doesn't have like fake nut flavor. So it you're calling it pecan or pecan? I called it both. I know you did. Yeah. How do you, uh, how do you end up my, on this? My natural thing would be to call it a pecan. That's what I grew I with. think me too. Yeah. Uh, but I like saying pecan. I think I that's think fun. The name of it in North Carolina <laughs> might be pecan. Anyway, it's really good. And they, uh, so Outer Banks Distilling is the company that makes it. And they have recipes on their website. And so the Jamaican Caucasian is Kill Devil Pecan Honey Rum, Coffee Liqueur, a.k.a. Kahlua, and then cream. So like last week, it's a twist on a white Russian that uses their rum instead of vodka. Interesting. Yep. Are you developing a theme here? This is on purpose. This this I literally just picked because I liked the name out of their list of cocktails that use that rum. Fair enough. And But I do love Kahlua. Also fair, yes. Yes, when you I, do. I, I have mentioned many times that I didn't really start drinking until I was like 30 and I didn't drink very much. I mean, I still don't drink very much, but I drank very rarely. And uh, I went on a date with this guy and we went to this bar and I was like, I don't know what to order. I don't drink very much. And he ordered a Kahlua and cream for me. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever had. It's like <laughs> chocolate milk, but better. Yeah. If I hadn't, if I didn't start drinking till I was 30, I'd feel like I need to make up for time. This is, this is definitely your attitude about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even without that, I kind of drink like I need to make up for time. <laughs> better. I, like eventually I'm going to die. So I got to make up for all those years. I'm dead. There's a lot of alcohol I haven't tasted yet. <clears throat> yep. Well, there you go. That's the cocktail of the week. The Jamaican Caucasian tasty excellent uh it's time for administrative corner <laughs> i love administrative corner we uh we just want to say thank you to everyone for all of the marathon support the online cheers the tweets and then uh especially for those of you who saw us at the marathon yes did. it was great it was very surprising for me when people recognized me yeah so we did a whole uh episode of runs with dogs our intermittent running podcast I think we put out on like Monday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday this week, a couple of days ago. <sighs> so if you, I know it seems like it's been forever, but it's been like three days. Uh, so if you want to hear all about our marathon experience, uh, you can insert like a half hour of ramblings into your life by listening to Runs With Dogs. Wait a minute. That was on, that was this, that was Sunday? We literally, the marathon was Sunday. We got home on Monday. And today's Friday. Yeah. It seems like it's Friday, but six weeks later i i agree wow I, i'm running the baltimore half marathon tomorrow because you get bored i do and i was talking to somebody and uh they saw the shirt and they're like oh are you running tomorrow and i was like yeah and they're like oh i'm gonna run the columbus marathon on sunday and i was like oh that's great they're like yeah the weather's gonna be good and i was like yeah i ran chicago last weekend <laughs> and the weather was great <laughs> What's Columbus called? That's not the Flying Pig. No, that's Cincinnati. I think it's maybe just the Columbus Marathon. Well, that would be accurate. I'm checking on the internet right now. Let's see. This is good Googling. The Columbus Marathon. That's Fair enough. Called. That's, you know, that's a good good name. 
Oh, the National Children's Hospital Columbus Marathon Race Weekend. That's Still what it's called. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, yeah, it was just like I bet weekend. they have a good medal. <laughs> I bet it's better than the Chicago medal. I bet they have a good medal. I don't know if it's going to be as good as the Baltimore medal, though. What does the Baltimore medal look it looks like? looks like a crab. There you go. I'm looking at the Columbus Marathon medals. One year, it was shaped like the state of Ohio. Eh, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they do have interesting medals. They have color on them, and that's good. Did the Baltimore? I think you ran the Baltimore Marathon. Didn't it have movable legs. I uh, just remember something shaking around in there. <laughs> I don't think so. it flips open. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Um, I may have some medal that has movable legs. Movable I feel leg like crab. I do. Now yeah. I'm gonna have to go look at the medal rack. It could have been a beach one though. It could have been one you ran recently. Was it that starfish? The Starfish clear water was, race? had like a sign underneath it or something. Oh. Did it? Yeah. Anyway, we'll, if we find out, we'll do a little separate podcast <laughs> about it. But anyway, just thank you to everybody who supported us. It uh, it's, feels great. and Yeah, it's so nice to be recognized and be pulled out of your, out of my sort of running tunnel. Yeah. My mental tunnel that I'm in, that you I get sure in. You sure do get in one. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dog updates. Um, let's start with the happier one. I mean, there's no like tragic ones this week. Yeah, um, don't worry. Uh, but Michael, the trainer has been on vacation. Michael, if you're listening to the podcast, we hope you had a great vacation, but we're very glad that he's coming back <laughs> this weekend because he, we were texting yesterday, which shows you how committed he is to his work that he literally, literally texted videos of like his dogs in the pool where he's on vacation. Guys a gem. Like, his pools, like videos. his dogs, well-trained. <laughs> oh, they were so good. Oh my goodness. His like little two-year-old was playing fetch with the dogs in the pool. And I was like, if I were holding that ball, Nacho would have chomped my hand off. And these big dogs are just like looking at the kid, like waiting for him to throw the ball. And the kid's too, he's just wandering he's around. He's puttering around. Yeah. He's not very good at throwing the ball. Uh, it was it was good. So anyway, I was texting with him. And uh, I, th I think we said last week on the podcast that I had asked him if he would take Remy. And I was like, so Michael, what do you think about taking Remy and Nacho together? And he's like, oh, I think that's a great idea. We'll work on all this stuff. So... Four, four days of camp next week, Monday through Thursday, Nacho and Remy are going to spend their days with Michael. Because that's what we're still worried about is that combustion. Put those two together and they both get weirdly nervous and don't know what's going on. They have been fine, but you can tell that they're both avoiding one another. They're getting a little nervous. Like they're they're just stressed. There's nothing bad happening. But Yeah, and it's intermittent because they have tugged together and it's been there have been moments when they've kind of put that aside. But then when it's crowded or squeezing through narrow doorways or something they do they definitely get more nervous there was one time they were tugging and nacho kept making anger face like he'd squish his little face up like not in the fun playing way but the like you could tell he was really nervous and kind of on edge and w wanted to be like warning remy and remy wasn't doing anything but i was like i right, everybody's gonna calm down and nacho he doesn't see you so it's that's not gonna help nacho <laughs> so anyway that's really good um so that's the main update it's gonna be a big week next week Lots of fun stuff happening. <laughs> um, I will say, so we got one more week here. Um, so we will record one more pod next week from here and then head back down to Florida. Um, Remy is going to see his oncologist in like 10 days, but he has lost a lot of weight. Uh, I was looking, we've increased his food, but when you took him in to get his... Uh, bordetella shot which we talked about on the last podcast he weighed 74 yep. and when you took him into the vet in 
uh, the beginning of September, he weighed 78. Yep. And he weighed like 80, maybe a month before that. Right. Um, even though we've doubled the amount of food and he's eating all of it. So that's like not the best, but uh, he seems happy. He's still eating. He's not having any problems. So No, he still scratches that one stupid spot occasionally. Yeah. He'll go like two days and it'll heal and it'll get great. And then he like has an itchy attack and scratches it and it bleeds again. We were worried when he was at his spa weekend last weekend that uh that he'd scratch it a lot while he was there and he came home and it was beautifully healed yeah, perfect what, what's up with that and they didn't even have him in the cone like we told him and they're like all right we'll keep an eye on it but we could see him on the webcam not wearing the cone didn't scratch it it was perfect and uh and then he gets one itchy attack and it just like opens right back up so i think the skin is like not super strong as it heals over there but it doesn't seem to bother him other than it's itchy sometimes. No, what bothers him is that he's in the donut now. <laughs> I know. And the donut I don't think is helping. But I think he can scratch around the donut. Oh, so then it's just... Then we got to take the donut off. I just haven't examined today to see how it's doing. Yeah, burdensome for no reason. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he does look sort of cute in it, though. <laughs> it was a little less pink than it was this morning. It's more dirt colored now. <laughs> more dirt colored. Good job, Remy. Uh, the only other dog update I have written down is that CB's bark is messed up. His bark is broken. Yes, and he doesn't use it that often anyway, so this is sort of intermittently we figure this out. But he, I mean, I think it's like since we got here to Maryland, his bark has gone like from a normal bark, which he does if he's like wants to go out, if you're not paying attention to him, when he usually when he needs something. Occasionally for second dinner he will bark, like not often, but he was barking. You know, rarely, but he'd bark. Hmm? And now his bark is like, hoof, hoof. Yeah, it's a very hoarse quiet quiet <laughs> noise it's not and even a bark anymore it's more as you said it's more like parmesan used to do i was just gonna say yeah if you've been with us long enough and you remember parmesan barking uh it's kind of like that we don't really know exactly what it is we're gonna take him to the vet um it is a classic symptom of laryngeal paralysis or they call it larpar for short which happens to some old dogs where um they just sort of lose the ability to control some of their muscles in their throat and it makes their bark go like that and this would be really mild if that's what it is because it can make them like have really loud sounding breathing um it can make it hard for them to clear their throat um which like i don't know if that's related to any of his weird sounds that he makes his like monster sounds um it I mean, some dogs will get it really seriously, especially labs. He does not, like, if that's what this is, it's extremely mild. We've had rescues, um, fosters come through who have had it much more seriously, if that's even what it is. But it'll be good to find out. So he's going to go to the vet when we're back in Florida. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's it I have for dog updates. Yeah, we got Nacho on Benadryl right now because he's allergic. He's got some bumpies. Yeah, he probably just be. has different allergies here than in Florida. And there's a lot of weird plants up here, right? If he's <laughs> if he's brushing up against something not really poison ivy, probably because you don't have that, but something, right? Where he's just like, oh, I'm yep. that's reactive to me. That could explain it. He seems mm -hmm. to the, the Benadryl seems to have up the bumps. That's good. It yep. doesn't hurt his lowering his activity level either. No, it can make them sleepy sometimes. But unfortunately for us, none of the dogs we've had to give Benadryl, Benadryl to ever get sleepy. Unlike me, I pass out if I take Benadryl. Uh, Benadryl is, a, I think, a real serious a sleepy maker. Mm -hmm. the, I have occasionally brought it, like if I have to sleep on a plane, I'll take Benadryl. It's that reliable. Well, 
Good job. Everybody knows this about Benadryl. All yeah. right. I have two items under ramblings this week. I one, have some rambling. One by your request. Do you want to do yours first? Sure. Uh, just looping back to the dog sitter that we had, Lainey. Yeah. Des- your dog sitter. Described the dogs as sponges for bad feelings. It's such a good description. Which is a nice. They just soak nice. them up If you from feel you. bad, you can like, they'll just soak it up. They drip down and they, the dogs soak them up. She was brushing them all, I think, making a huge pile of dog fur. I didn't see the pile, but she did brush them all. I believe. (laughs) You're just inferring the pile, which is extremely fair. How do you brush without creating that? And then some of it may have been in the rug already anyway. Yeah. These, yeah. Sponges for bad feelings. That's a very good description. Yep. Yep. That's all I had. Okay. Uh, At your request, we have the Ohio fishing scandal. I think this is a good one. <laughs> so this is a random piece of news that came across my Twitter feed. And I was like, Ingo, have you heard about the fishing tournament scandal? And he was like, no. And I was like, well, let me tell you all about it. And there's great video of this. There's nothing to do with anything. It's just like a kind of wild story. I think it's very funny. Yeah, it's not in Florida, although it could be. Yeah, so this is a walleye tournament. And when I was telling Ingo the story, I was like, I think it's walleye. And I'm like, am I stereotyping the Midwest here? Nope, it was walleye. (laughs) So it's a walleye fishing tournament in Ohio. And uh, there's this. So I I have to say, I've never participated in a fishing tournament. My understanding is biggest or most bulk of fish like caught in a certain amount of time wins i i think there's different rules so some is like who catches the biggest fish and sometimes it's like the average weight of your x number of fish uh maybe it's who catches the most fish or like the total weight of the fish but there's different rules so bigger fish is always better in these bigger fish is better um and so in this particular tournament they were weighing the fish and so more weight some of some fish stuff like to hear about length this was a weight of the fish yep. tournament if you know about fish tournaments like you can send us some more info but it doesn't really matter the the more the your fish weight the better in this tournament and there's like a fuckload of money in these fishing tournaments the first place team so there's two guys on a team the first place team at this tournament would have won almost thirty thousand dollars whoa for catching fish Catching big I fish. shouldn't be disdainful. I run stupid distances and end up at the same place I started from, and I pay money to do it. Yep. So, uh, so these two guys uh, are bringing up their fish, and and so they do this. So they everybody goes out and they do their day of fishing, and they've got their fish, and then they do like a public weighing of the fish. So each team comes up and they put the fish on the scale, and they give they weigh each fish individually. And I don't know if they calculate the average or the total or whatever and so there's video like cell phone video footage of this where these guys come up and they won a bunch of other tournaments and they're bringing out their fish and they put one of the fish on the scale and like this this fish is like seven pounds and one ounce and you hear some guy in the background go that ain't no seven pound fish (laughs) because like that fish mm, it looks way too small to weigh seven pounds aquarium it's like a guppy (laughs) yeah it's like i mean i i have no idea um but People were like, mm, we don't really think so. They're weighing these fish. And so somebody complained. They're like, we don't believe that these fish actually weigh that much. And it's like uh, throwing a red flag in football or something. Being like, yeah. I challenge, I challenge this. Challenge the fish. And uh, so the, I don't know, director of the fish tournament is like, all right, let's cut the fish open. 
And so he's like, he comes off the stage and he, this is like, it's set up in a parking lot somewhere. So he's like, you know, kneeling down on the asphalt in this parking lot with these fish and he cuts the fish open. And you see in this footage that he like cuts the fish open and he's like doing stuff. And there's like, you know, people muttering around. And then the guy goes, we've got weights in fish. <laughs> and everybody's like, Wah! and you see like his fist ball up and he starts like screaming at these guys. And everyone starts screaming at these oh, guys. Oh, like it you feel like the, the mob closing in yeah. around them. So the tournament's director, this is from the CNN article here, because there's an update from the story that I told you. The director found 10 weights inside the fish Eight of them were 12 ounce weights. That's the, like a can of tomatoes. That's how much, I mean, they're smaller because they're lead, but still 10, 12 ounce weights. So eight 12 ounce weights and two eight ounce weights. Plus, they just took some other cut up fish and stuffed it into those fish. Fish, fillet fish from fillets or something. stuffed them down in there. Uh, so cheaty. So these guys apparently have won the like this pair who I guess you do team fishing, three hundred thousand dollars, at in fishing tournaments. Why would any of it be true? No, they've probably been right? cheating the whole time, or maybe they had one and they're just like, well, we that money was real good. We're gonna keep doing it. Yeah. So uh, they got caught, and there's there was a lot of. I mean, it's they a really good video. Barely did. They barely escaped getting beat up, I think. Yeah. I mean, we're assuming they didn't get beat up. They didn't get beat up on the video. But if you just like go on Twitter, TikTok or whatever, and just search for like fish scandal, you'll find the video. Totally. It's worth watching. It's dramatic. Um, so anyway, there is there was an update uh, from yesterday on CNN. Two anglers accused of stuffing fish in an attempt to win thousands of dollars at an Ohio fishing tournament last month have been charged. Nice. Okay. Authorities announced Wednesday the would-be tournament window winners Jacob Runyon and Chase Kaminsky were indicted by a Cuyahoga County grand jury on one charge each of cheating, attempted grand theft, possessing criminal tools, and the unlawful ownership of wild animals. Quote, I take all crime very seriously, and I believe what these two individuals attempted to do was not only dishonorable, but also criminal, Cuyahoga County Prosecutor Michael C. O'Malley said in a news release. I mean, it's cheating to get $30,000, or or that's no different than defrauding people into, like, fixing gutters and stuff. It should be there criminal. There you go. Uh, on Tuesday, authorities seized Kaminsky's boat used in the fishing tournament, as well as his boat trailer. Nice. They're like, I bet there's weights on this boat, you guys. <laughs> I have no idea fish. why they needed that. <laughs> stuffed, pre-stuffed fish. Um, not, we do not, as far as we can tell, they were not taken to jail. Uh, <laughs> but they tried to, CNN tried to get comments from them and they couldn't, they didn't get a response and they didn't know if they had attorneys. They right, are so. quite unpopular people with quite a big fishing community in the world they are never going to be able to fish like that again they're just going to fish by themselves sadly just catch their fish throw them back because they only catch little fish apparently <laughs> it it is i mean it's pretty stunning they really overdid it you know they, I, there's probably yeah. like you know something some something as big as a fist and they're like this is a 55 pound fish it's pure lead i mean i don't condone cheating <laughs> but if these guys like stuffed a fish fillet down the gullets of a couple of these fish to like add a couple ounces i'd be like dishonorable but like i mean all right like you think you're like on the border there but to put in like 
eight 12 pound weights and two i mean they added pounds and pounds they of weight to double the weight of these fish oh that yeah easily right oh yeah i mean fish don't weigh that these are like walleyes they're not like giant fish so that's why everyone was saying look those fish are that might they must be as dense as like uranium if they're that heavy <laughs> at that size yeah i mean like like i said no condoning of any cheating but you're like stuffing a little more fish in one of those fish i go like all right like nobody's gonna be like you, you don't risk getting caught much then right, right? like you got like i'm gonna juice it a little bit but someone's gonna be like well it's a chubby fish i guess <laughs> you stick it like one pound weight inside that fish like come on dude so bad so brazen so, so anyway there you go that's the fish scandal absolutely worth reading i think like sb nation had a really good article that, that kaminsky guy um my other rambling story is one that you sent me last night ingo um ohio man oh coming back to ohio this yeah, is ohio yeah. man week but you know columbus marathon <laughs> yeah it's fishing. all about ohio ohio man pleads guilty to sending bomb to maryland to attack romantic rival this story is relevant because every time we get an unmarked package, especially to the house, right? Like you guys can send packages to the P.O. box, but ha packages to the house or anytime I receive a package at my office. Especially if you receive something at your office. Always at my office. I I have a legitimate level of concern that it's a bomb. Because of the Unabomber. Because the Unabomber did this. He, he just sent, sent bombs to, to computer scientists. To computer science professors at their place of work and killed them and blew them up. Yep. So... Uh, and I mean, there was just a bomb at Northeastern uh, sent to their VR people. Yeah, that's right. So, and I'm just like, well, you know, it could be a bomb. And I sort of shake it a little bit. And I'm like, Ingo, I wonder if this package is a bomb. You better stand back a little bit. I have never received an actual bomb, but I'm always interested in people sending bombs to other people. I mean, it's kind of generally interesting and, and it's a specific worry of mine. So anyway, Ingo sent me this bomb in the mail story. Just to fuel the fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't have any, like, it doesn't really affect my and life. Sec second thoughts, I probably shouldn't have sent it to you. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. I, I don't adjust the way I live my life. I just wonder every time I open a package if maybe it's a bomb. An Ohio man seriously wounded a romantic rival in Maryland by planting a homemade bomb inside a gift-wrapped box on the victim's front, front porch. There are layers to this story. He pleaded guilty to federal weapons charges this week. So Clayton Alexander McCoy of Chesterland, Ohio, which like, I don't know, Clayton with that name, who's going to date you? <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't make it. Clayton's a perfectly fine name. I think the bombing is worse than the, than the <laughs> name. Let's, let's keep the eye on the prize here. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry to anybody named Clayton who listens. It's, it's not the Clayton part. Uh, don't send bombs. So Clayton Alexander McCoy, sorry, <laughs> just got all wrapped up in my head there, pleaded guilty in Baltimore on Wednesday to transporting explosives with intent to injure and to possession of an unregistered firearm slash explosive device in connection with the 2020 explosion at the victim's home in Carroll County, Maryland. He faces up to 30 years in prison when he's sentenced. As part of his guilty plea, he admitted to building a pipe bomb at his home in Ohio, driving into the victim's home, intending to kill the man. Oof. McCoy knew the victim and his girlfriend through a live-action role-playing game called Dagger Hair. <laughs> it's like the Good merch, job. Merch Good job. Turners. <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, you really are in this world, aren't you? This is this is like somebody's yelling at their podcast right now. <laughs> hang, hang on. I'm clicking on the how to pronounce link. 
Okay, play it for Dig me. The what now? Digger here. <laughs> I think it's exactly like I said. Nergen, Mergen, Nergen, Nergen, Merch Perturners. Okay. Swedish Chef. You know, I say Merch Perturners like that's the meme, but this is the Goosebumps girl meme. We talked about this on Runs with Dogs. Yes. So the girl with the Goosebumps books, and it's like, Ermergerd, Gershberms. <laughs> but my favorite variation of that meme is a turtle eating. There's like a big pile of mashed potatoes, and <laughs> yes. there's a turtle with its mouth open going to take a bite. And it says, Ermergerd, merch for turtles. <laughs> like, I still like can have a five minute fit of laughter when i see that meme that's what it is in my head it's the turtle merch per turtle <laughs> thing anyway that's the that's g- not this game that was a, a wide dagger it's d-a-g-o-r-h-i-r dag or here dagger her here <laughs> all right so they're playing this larp uh in october 2020 mccoy expressed romantic feelings for the woman who informed McCoy that she was one in a relationship and two did not share McCoy's romantic feelings. So she's like, no, and also no. (laughs) There's a lot of detail in this little blurb. McCoy then devised a plan to build and deliver a bomb to the woman's boyfriend with the intent to remove him as a romantic rival. Unbelievable. The thinking that goes into that is incomplete at best. Because even if the guy's dead, she still doesn't like you, McCoy. Number two was she's not interested. Yes. Only number one was you the can't boyfriend. Remove one no, and then also have the second no just go away. There were two no's. He's like, yes, but I also I devised a love potion and I <laughs> and I'm injecting the love potion into her into her water supply. Oh my God. <laughs> Get out of your mom's basement, dude. <laughs> Late that month, McCoy drove the bomb made of shrapnel and BBs to the man's home and left it inside a gift-wrapped box on the front porch. When the man opened the box, the bomb exploded and seriously wounded him. The victim spent more than two weeks in the hospital, had to use a walker, and underwent multiple surgeries to remove shrapnel from his body. So the dude's real lucky he didn't die. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Yeah, he doesn't consider himself lucky. That's a mess. No, He's like a combat vet all of a sudden. I know. Two attorneys with the office of the federal public defender who represented McCoy did not immediately respond to an email seeking comment. So McCoy has already been taken to jail. Uh, Don't send people bombs, you guys. What a long time to be planning and doing this without ever thinking, I shouldn't do this. Like, this is not the heat of passion. This This took weeks and months to do this terrible, stupid thing. All that work that you went into, like building this bomb in Ohio, driving it to Maryland, finding this guy's house, putting it there, you could have put into making yourself a better person that this woman might have been like super into. So she'd be like, you know what? I'm going to leave my boyfriend because this McCoy guy is fucking hot and interesting and I would like to date him. You could do that. You could have learned to speak a couple languages and like uh taken some interesting classes and like maybe picked up the banjo stop making bombs instead of making bombs you could have done all those things and then she would have been like wow like we can sing duets together in swedish and that's really hot also find some other girl i mean for pete's sake there's more than one girl in the world seriously besides this one that shut there are more larping girls in the world than this one of course there's lots of them go find one lots of them are hot stop obsessing over someone who said she's not interested in you and also has a boyfriend remember also not interested in you seriously she didn't say oh if someone were just to kill my boyfriend i would totally go out with you (laughs) she didn't say that (laughs) 
What the heck? Also, if some girl says that, you maybe want to think about if you want to date that girl. She's that, like, if someone would only kill my boyfriend. There are, there are a lot of movies about <laughs> that too, where it's like, if my inconvenient husband needs to be removed, and then I it's will like totally love you. Half the noir movies of the 1940s. I know. I don't know Books. why. That, like, I guess put some fear in the husbands, maybe. <laughs> All right, you ready for Taste of the Keys? Sure. We're just going into more stories. Sure. From uh, This is from Florida Keys News. David Godhue wrote this, though it does have a ending line that links to quite the article by our friend Gwen Filosa. Okay. Gwen tweeted this. Florida Keys live aboard arrested after flashing Coast Guard family on shore, police say. <laughs> flashing not with the flashlight. No. Hmm. After Hurricane Ian whirled past the Florida Keys last month, it left flooding and more than 100 displaced boats in our wake, which we have certainly seen. There are a lot of boats visibly run on, run up on mangroves or shore or hung up. And then there's some like that look like they were all pushed together to one corner of a yeah. bay. I mean, it did not do well for, for boats that were at anchor trying to like survive the storm. Yeah, it was very windy. Some of those boats are used as homes by people known locally as liveaboards. They often have a contentious relationship with the state wildlife police and the U.S. Coast Guard who scrutinize them for marine violations that include polluting nearshore waters and creating hazards Dumping to Dumping their crap, literally. And like parking their boats in the way of where other boats have to go to get out. Right, but also dumping stuff, mm -hmm. oil and all yeah. sorts of stuff. Last Tuesday, officers with Florida Fish and Wildlife issued a citation to 45-year-old Jason saying his 48-foot cabin boat was a hazard to navigation after it broke free during Ian and he anchored it within the Garrison Bight Channel offshore at the northern end of Key West. So this is kind of... Uh, for those who have been to Key West, it's kind of a, a click across from the Home Depot, like that north end on Roosevelt Boulevard mm -hmm. in the water up there. He, he was in the way. Where where was he in the way? <laughs> sure. The citation stated he had 72 hours to move the vessel or the vessel would be considered derelict. Whoa. Like move it or we're going to assume you can't move it. The next day, a Coast Guard officer living in Navy housing on Trumbo Point. So that's near the little causeway. Yep. Up there uh said hatch exposed himself to his family meaning the coast guard guy's family including his wife and eight-year-old son the coast guard officer whose name is redacted in the report provided a sworn statement and photographs of the incident the officer said he and his family were watching hatch being confrontational with the coast guard crew that was quote attempting to assist in the relocation of the vessel of the vessel outside a navigable <laughs> channel to, that's good euphemism that's attempting to nice. assist they were towing it they're like moving his boat and he's yelling at the guys so the coasties are in the water trying to move this dude's boat the dude's screaming at him this guy and his family are on shore watching and presumably videoing it and uh the the guy uh I try to only use first names and then they're all identified by last names in the article. All right. So the Coastie tells FWC that uh, dude on the boat, Jason, got mad when he saw the Coastie and his family videotaping him. So he, quote, removed all of his clothing, purposefully exposing himself to the family. He's like, oh, you're going to film me film this, bitch. <laughs> I made that quote up. That's not exactly what he said, probably. Oh, so he didn't moon him or he just like took his clothes off. That's an interesting reaction. Fair I enough. I mean, he could have turned around. Like, we don't know what end they saw. Sure. We just know he was naked. Yep. Uh, Jason, who could not be reached for comment, spent four days in jail. 
on a first-degree incident exposure charge before being released on $25,000 bond. So even though this article doesn't say Jason was taken to jail. Yeah, for being a jerk. And then here's the little coda, which we can talk about this story if you want to. Uh, it's kind of a sad one, though. In another liveaboard incident, so all of these Florida Keys news stories, they like have the story, and then they kind of give you a little link out to another story at the end. This is really their formula. In another liveaboard incident in October 2019, a man living on a makeshift houseboat off Key West doused himself with gasoline and held up a lighter as Florida Fish and Wildlife officers came aboard to conduct a welfare check on his vessel. An FWC officer shot him three times to prevent him from igniting the cabin, and the officer was cleared in the shooting. Oof, that's so complicated. That, yeah. Gwen had tweeted this this article about the guy flashing the people, and uh, and I had con- someone was like, Taste of the Keys, and I was like, oh, yes, it is Taste of the Keys. And someone's like, oh, the end of that article, though. And Gwen's like, yeah. Um, so this dude, uh, I won't read the whole article, but this, this incident is this guy uh obviously had some mental health problems and i don't know what if he got a citation or a summons or something but he had called i think fish and wildlife and been like i'm not going back to jail like i'm gonna kill myself like i can't do it and so they went out to do a welfare check on him on his boat and they kind of pull up to the boat and he's not answering and they go on. It's not even a boat. It's like two pontoons and he like built a little hut on one of them. I mean, you can you see those out there yeah. where the liveaboards live. Um, so they go on board. He's not responding. They kind of there's like a sliding door that he's put in one of the little things and they eventually get that open and go in and they find him in there. I think he's not dressed. He's got a six, cal- six gallon can of gas in one hand that he has poured all over himself and all over the inside of the cabin Oof. and a lit cigarette lighter in the other hand. And he's like, I'm taking all of us out. Which seems like that's the next thing. If that, you've got oh, a lit Zippo and you're full of gas, you can't even, you don't even intend and it's going to go up. Yeah. Um, so this FWC officer was like, uh, all I all I wanted was that lighter not to be lit. So he shot the guy basically in the tried to shoot him in the hand. I think did hit him in the hand and the arm and then the upper torso. So the guy didn't die. Oh, uh, he was just trying to shoot the lighter, which you know they tell you not to do. But I mean, the lighter was the problem here. Yeah. Um. So the c- boat didn't explode, or the boat did explode. not explode. It did not catch on fire, though. Uh, the, they said you know someone was like you couldn't be on the boat for more than like five minutes because the gas fumes were so bad. I bet. Uh, but it did not catch on fire and the guy did not die. And then they cleared the officer in the shooting because they're like, well, the guy said he was going to blow everybody up and he was covered in gasoline and holding a lit lighter. So that's pretty legit issue. And you didn't kill him. I mean, it's just such a problem having. Yeah, it's such a high confrontational, high, high intensity confrontation. A lot, a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah. There may be. I mean, I understand like why you'd be like, well, now that I am here with a guy covered in gasoline and a lighter. I feel like I have limited <laughs> options in front of me, but there could maybe could have been people they could have sent other than the cops out to like check on. I this mean, guy. that's that's the model, right? It's like it doesn't yeah. always have to be everything it has to be the cops. Yeah. But anyway. But yeah. Yeah, it's complicated. Uh, so there you go. That is Taste of the Keys for this week. And now, Ingo, is time for German Word of the Week and Ingo big, Corner. Big theme is disrobing, though. When when threatened, disrobe, take <laughs> clothes off. That seems to be a big theme in the Keys. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, it's warm all the time. Being so. a fantasy fest. Yeah. Nobody in Chicago is going to, like in January, be like, oh, you're mad at me? 
Let me take all my clothes off. <laughs> then they're going to die. Yeah, that hurts only themselves. Mm-hmm. And nobody wants to see that. <laughs> True. Um, German word of the week. Yes. Mülltrennung. Ooh, what's that mean? Trash separation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do a lot of that in Germany. You guys have like 20 bins. Yeah, it was It was prompted by some a friend of the squad sending a... I think a, a video about how crazy the Germans are about separating out their trash. I think that video was satirical and overdid it a little bit, but it is it is a question in German households. Like if you have a piece of trash or a, something you want to throw away, you don't know where it goes. <laughs> like my parents have have a compost trash can in the kitchen. They have a regular trash can, and they have one they use for paper. But if you have like a Kleenex. It's really unclear. <laughs> and then that translates to the curb where you have, I think, up to four, depending on your municipality, I think four, maybe even more uh, cans where there's one brown, one compost, one black one for metal, one green one for, I don't know, paper, right? Paper and cardboard. And then one for Restmüll, which is... <laughs> None of the above, which is like the not the actual trash, right? The stuff that has to be composted. And you get, at least where we used to live, you got um, little twisties, twisty tie things that you had to put a twisty tie on the trash can to get it to be picked up. Mm-hmm. And you had limited twisty ties or you had to buy more. So the idea was you don't have to put the trash can out every time there's collection. Right. Because you hadn't paid for enough twisty ties. <laughs> but it's so complicated and it puts so such a burden on the, the trash process. Um, but there there you are. We, we used to have to, when you recycled glass, you had to recycle by color. Yeah, that's Clear, thing. brown, green. Yeah. And they were in different buckets. This is interesting because there was one time your parents came to visit you one fall and they were at your house in Virginia and they decided to clean up the leaves and they put all the leaves in plastic bags and put them out on the I curb. Know. I'm and not I was saying like, my parents support this. I was like, we don't do all the stuff you guys do in Germany, but like literally you got to put that stuff in paper bags. Like you do not, what, what is this, like 1970? What are you like, going to put it in a landfill? <laughs> <laughs> leaves in the landfill? That seemed weird too. Yeah. So they they also would say, well, we don't know all these rules in in Fairfax, Virginia. That's crazy. <laughs> Who puts their <laughs> puts their leaves in paper bags? Is Germany where they have the little shake cops who come up and they just shake your bag to see if there's like glass in your trash bag? Probably. So if they're clinks clink cops, there's like some cute name for the cops. They literally oh, just know. pick the bag and go like. Germans have speaking of not police, they have the police, but then they also have the Ordnungsamt. Like the rule enforcers? Just tidiness. <laughs> <laughs> tidiness. Yeah, I guess that's ministry, right. Ministry, but rule enforcers, right? So it's not necessarily criminal violations, but they often issue parking tickets. Uh-huh. And th- they would do something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, y- yeah enforce the trash separation, the Mülltrennungs <laughs> compliance. <laughs> um, so that's a that's a thing. Um, at, and which is interesting because they, they also try to go upstream and make manufacturers responsible for their packaging yeah like you can go to stores and return packaging and they have to take it back yeah like so if you buy something that is boxed in three different boxes you can you can 
leave the box at the store and they're there they have to deal with it yeah um which is which is better you know especially you know in a place where you don't have an a trash can that's free anymore right yeah give it back to someone who's going to take care of it i mean you get this as like weird but they have a lot of like vagrant dumping like people <laughs> just dump their trash now in the woods again or something it's weird yeah i mean if you make it too hard people just try to go around if you make it too hard and too expensive they're going to do the easier thing yeah yep i mean i gotta say like single stream recycling where it's you know this is what we have i think in both places you just put all of the recycling in one bin real nice yeah yeah i mean the whole recycling system here isn't working very well either and it may not be in germany either but ultimately it's really hard to find people who will recycle it mm -hmm. for money mm -hmm. um depending on the material but yeah you know so ultimately it may end up in a landfill somewhere but it could be in china i mean there was that whole plastic recycling thing that's like you recycle your plastic but like then it doesn't actually get recycled right you guys. it doesn't get turned into anything because it it's bad plastic yeah so all right Mülltrennung. Uh, Mülltrennung. so uh you got anything for ingo corner before we wrap yeah up? just to note that uh one of the byproducts of hurricane ian in our property has been more jellyfish <laughs> <laughs> so I am now going to be focusing my attention back on yeeting them away because I hate wading next to them and they get they could be stingies. They do. I don't like them. They're my enemy. If they have avowed <laughs> war on me. They have declared <laughs> war on me. I'm going to declare war back. If you are a super follower or a Patreon supporter, you have access to the video of GR Dad testing out the lacrosse stick that was gifted to us as a tool for yeeting the jellyfish. If you are not one, you can sign up and go back and see that video. Uh, spoiler, the lacrosse stick is an excellent jellyfish yeeter. Yeah, the tennis racket is too, although it has some caveats. You can't, you can't wind up. <laughs> can't. Can't serve. Just got a scoop and fling. Can't serve. Yeah. Can't serve. <laughs> I mean, it was at, for a long time after the storm. The water was way too cloudy. We, you couldn't see the bottom, so you couldn't see where all the jellyfish were. They could just kind of hide yeah. there. But it's gone, calmed down now. So they're all kind of happy down there. The wind was coming into like in from the water to our backyard, so it pushed all the jellyfish up into I the mean, spot. They're, they they're going to enjoy a few weeks, dog-free, ingo-free. But as soon as everyone's back, I'm going to protect my property, my dogs, and my legs. <laughs> I'll be like, where's Ingo? And then I look out the window and he's out there flinging jellyfish <laughs> around. Fling, fling. Well, you know, I, I'm just <laughs> assisting them in relocating themselves. Assisting them in relocating, just yes. like the Coast Guard. Just like the Coast Guard. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be eating things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening. And until next week, Slava Ukraini. And don't fight anyone unless they ask you to. That's right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>